your brain might turn to putty. But there's still a chance to learn. We'll be your study buddies. We're going to talk about some stuff and make research cool. Welcome to another week of Study Buddies, a podcast where we bring you the latest in science and psychology. And sometimes more. My name is Paola Sanchez Abreu. And my name is Taylor Collins. And we are your co-hosts. So today I went, I had acupuncture and then I went to TJ Maxx afterwards because I decided to treat myself and I had like a little gift card and I decided to spend it and I just been wanting to like organize my space a little bit better but then I walked by the bathroom section and so I ended up getting a new hand towel because we actually don't have one and I've just been walking my wet hands from my bathroom to my room to dry my hands on my actual bath towel <laughs> the whole house like the whole house of five people does no not a one hand towel well, we have three bathrooms which is like that's a lot to like put things in you know to say the least, I got these new items. I got a new t- hand towel, and then I got a basket to put all my toiletries in on my shelf in my room. And then Dave came over, my boyfriend, and I I just like was like, hey, can I show you all the new things that I bought today? And there's only two things, so that was already misleading. And then I brought him into the bathroom, and I was like, can you spot it? And then I brought him into my room, and I was like, can you spot it? And it took him like too long to spot both of the new things in my space. Um, but I think it is a really fun game that I'm going to continue to implement. Oh, I like it. You change a thing. It's like a, it's like one of those like pictures where you have to find the hidden object, but yeah. it's, he has to pay attention to things in your bedroom. I know. I kind of really love it. I would it. fail that game. I think I also would love to like, um, just start bringing things to his apartment and see if he notices, like putting things in his room too that would be fun oh that's funnier right (laughs) i like that just start with like really obvious things like a rubber duck like taped to the tv (laughs) just on the ceiling somehow get it up there i have faith (laughs) i need to stop putting in um intro things about alcohol because my grandmother is concerned but (laughs) i (laughs) i did think for Today I wanted to mention I'm like really excited because yeah. um, my very good friend Marla and I got an advent calendar from Costco that has like 24 bottles of wine in I it. I did and see that. That's so many. I didn't realize they were bottles. They are like, I think they're half bottles. So technically it's only 12 bottles of wine, which is like nothing. So we are <laughs> planning. We were going to like, because we were each going to get one or I was going to get one or something. But then we were like, that's... That seems excessive. So instead, we're going to just ignore the part about how it's an advent calendar. And just whenever we hang out, we're just going to take bottles of wine out of it and have date nights and have planned date nights where we drink the calendar. And we're starting that it now. That is hysterical. Um, so to basically, <laughs> we just kind of bought bulk wine um, yes. for friendship nights instead of using it the way it's intended. But that's fine. And we are both really that. excited that about it. That was a very funny decision on your part. <laughs> Well, you know what goes really good with wine, Taylor, historically speaking? Cheese? No, well. Oh, cheese is pizza also part of it. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I love a good wine and pizza. So last week we did a study about pizza and, well, Taylor would say it's about pizza, but. It's about, it was about pizza. I would argue that, well, yeah. All of the good studies are food focused, really. Um, at least for me in my idle time, I prefer to think about... F- I'm just hungry right now. Let's just... That's all it is. Taylor's hungry, 
And it's a good thing because we're going to head back into that study about pizza and pasta. Well, no, no pasta. There was just no pizza. Pasta. Taylor, there actually. Was, there was salad, but it was downplayed because who really? Right. And see, it seems like I'm forgetting a little bit about the study. And I feel like it would be really good if we had somebody like you, who is now an expert in that study, to review for us. What, what did we talk about last week? Oh, so is this the part of the podcast where um, I get graded depending on how well I can tell you what we talked about last week? Let's see. Let's see. Yep. It's the part of the podcast where I get to grade you. This is horrifying and super motivating because I love getting A's. Okay. So the, uh, the study that we talked about last night was called Eating Heavily, Men Eat More in the Company of Women. And... Yes. It was basically a study that took place um, in the northeastern U.S. where they looked at a, a buffet-style um, pizza restaurant where they were able to eat, like, as much pizza and salad um, and sides as they want. And uh, the pizza and salad was really the main focus of the meals. And they looked at customers coming in uh, during lunchtime for the, mm-hmm. over the course of two weeks. And mm-hmm. uh, they were looking to find out... When they, they met. Hypothesis time. Yes. They were, their hypotheses were that they were looking to find out whether men eat more in the company of other men. Like, it almost is like a competition. Like, you know, like, dude, like, I can throw back like way more slices than you. But like a subconscious <laughs> competition that like no one actually knew that they signed up for. Or whether mm-hmm. they eat more in the company of women because they're like, look how macho I am. I can face this whole pizza. And we're like, wow, like. That's so cute. Date me. I love it. You're going to be so strong because pizza or something. So, like, that's a thing, though. And so that's what they were looking to find. And it turned out that what the did turn out? machismo man wants to eat more pizza uh, in the company of women. So something about women makes you guys hungry. <laughs> so, Taylor, I would give you a... You said A. You said A. You said A. You have to give me an A. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to go with an A. Don't put the minus in there. That's it. I'm going to go with an A. <laughs> oh, great. You know, I had a really tough week, and I just really needed that A. So um, I appreciate that. Thank you. Just here to hand out joy. <laughs> but, yeah, we did talk about some limitations of the study, too. Yeah, so we're definitely taking this study with a grain of salt, as we said, because of the amount of limitations that there are. Or Parmesan. (laughs) Or Parmesan, yes. A grain of Parmesan. Red pepper. (laughs) No olives. No. You don't like olives? No, don't put olives olives on my pizza. There's no olives, no um, anchovies, and no pineapple. You're a pizza purist. Yes, which is the way that things should be. All right. I respect it, honestly, but (laughs) there was a moment in my life where barbecue chicken pizza was something I also respected, so. But are any of the things I mentioned on barbecue chicken pizza? That's allowed. That's not purity. Yeah. Well, maybe I'm not that much of a purist. I have a little adventure. She can bend, everyone. She can bend. Well, (laughs) let's head into our first segment of the discussion episode, which is called... The Data Data. And this is a segment where we look at how the data uh, has influenced our day-to-day on a personal level. I'm very excited about this. I have two things to share. One of them is, as I, right before we headed into this, 
my boyfriend was leaving and I was like, oh, this is the name of the study that we're discussing. Um, men eat more in the company of women. And he goes, what? No way. I definitely eat more alone. And I thought that that was really funny <laughs> and also quite interesting. And I wonder, you know, it just makes me think like I wonder if, like in solitude if we eat more or less than we do in the company of others. Oh, yes. That was an interesting. That was an interesting question for me. I think that's a. Th- that's why I, I feel that this this study should be taken with a grain of salt because I I would love to see this replicated in other levels. Yeah. Because I do think there is something to be said about midnight eating in your bed when no one is around. Um, right. And that level of pizza would probably surpass all of these other levels of pizza. I know. I wonder. It was just very, that was like very very. It's just relational. Like, food consumption is just fascinating in general. Mm. And then one thing that applies actually quite closely to the study was when I was a junior in high school, I pal. took Chris Hanna to the prom. Oh, my gosh, really? Yeah. And um, I was so excited. Like, I had a crush on Chris Hanna all throughout high school, so I was, like, so freaking pumped. And he's just, like, a ton of fun in general. So it was really, like, exciting. And we, like, sat down to eat. And they gave that you could like do like chicken or fish or whatever. And I got chicken and the piece of chicken was literally half of a roast chicken. That's huge. And like a large scoop of mashed potatoes and green beans. Taylor, I could have eaten this one meal for three days straight. It was so big. (laughs) And Chris Hanna just started eating and like was like eating so fast and got so full and was so committed to completing the meal in its entirety. It was like to the point where I was like, Chris, you don't have to eat it all. And he was like, no, I have to do it. I have to do it now. I started, I have to commit. And he <laughs> ate the whole thing and felt so sick that he had to wait 25 <laughs> minutes before he could even stand up to dance. Well, and can you take to-go boxes back from prom? Is that, like, frowned upon? <laughs> I don't think you can. <laughs> but it did make me, like, that was the first thing I thought about in this study was that, like, the whole half-roast chicken that Chris Hanna ate in front in front of me, which, like, I didn't necessarily find that attractive. I was more like, he's making himself sick with this chicken. This is terrible. But he felt so strongly about it. I feel bad for the this Chris Hanna who is going to listen to this because first he's going to feel like so <laughs> complimented by how you had a crush on him on all, all, throughout, all throughout high school. And then he'll be like, oh, I didn't realize she was disgusted, so disgusted by the memory of me eating that she brought it up years later in a podcast. Sorry, Chris. It was a strange choice. But, Chris, now we know that it may have been biological. So, or like rather evolutionary. So, um, woohoo to adaptation. Well, it's interesting too, because I almost, and, and maybe this speaks to like a whole other level of like friend zoning, but like, and I don't know your relationship, I'm not going to comment on it, but the fact that he was like, this is like a competition now. Like, this is a goal that I have set. Like, it's almost like that bro-y competition that they were hypothesizing about with like the man mm. eating with men. Maybe. There were just no other Maybe. men that I, I can remember at that <laughs> <No>. table. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was just so interesting. And that was the first thing I thought of when I read this study. See, you know what the first thing that I thought of when I read this study, like, for, as far as just my life, mm-hmm. was dating apps. 
Oh my gosh. Well, not that my life is dating apps, but it just seems like that sometimes. But <laughs> men on dating apps give just the most like they love to list the most basic functions of just like being a human as part of their personality. Like they're like, yeah, like, yeah. I'm a big foodie. I love to eat. Like, I love to yeah. have food. They also like to brag about how they like to like sleep <laughs> or go to the gym and that they're competitive like every single male profile like for answering all the questions is like i'm very competitive i love food i love to go to sleep uh and i go to the gym after That's work so funny. and i'm like yes that is all the functions of being a human now that you say that i'm like recalling my time on on dating apps in new york city and like whenever i was like swiping on men it was like there were always like a lot of like hashtag pizza is life and yeah I mean that relates directly to the study because we're literally talking about pizza but like that was always a huge thing was like a pizza emoji next to the name or like always like I love pizza or even like I love hot dogs which that's like a really strange choice I wonder if that means something um, else we are on dating apps right hmm right hmm Right. I don't know. But And also, like, beer, like, because you said eating and drinking, like... Oh, yes. All of those things are, like... And, and there's something about, like, like, the office and pizza where people on dating apps just, like, love to list, like, just commonalities that everyone has interest in on them. And it's mm-hmm. great, I guess. Like, it's just a neutral conversation. But to me, like, at this point, I just feel like listing that you are competitive and that you like to eat... Um, it's the same as like talking about the weather. Like it's just every, yeah. it's just so generic. <laughs> Everyone does like to eat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing that this is triggering is, um, another thought for me that I didn't even realize until this very moment was that like culturally speaking in my family, like the boys were so encouraged to eat so much more mm-hmm. than The women were like my mom was put on a diet like so early in life and her brothers she had four brothers were like up eating pound cake at midnight and like drinking a ton of milk before bed and like my mom wasn't like allowed to eat after a certain time or like wasn't allowed to eat cake and stuff like it's I wonder if like those things are also you know socialized socialized for sure like more than even evolutionary socialized and culture like I like I think what was interesting to me with the dating app and which really stuck out like particularly to the study is like how it was like people would list them under their hobbies Hmm. women don't all don't as much on their profiles list that they like food yeah like they don't they don't list that they like food and pizza nearly as much as men do and I'm like wondering like is there a reason where for men it's like more important to on a dating app list that because I don't think that women don't love food just as much as men and I don't think men are more boring than women um and maybe it's just like the way we communicate and the way we want to project ourselves on a dating app and it's a whole different thing yeah but I do wonder if there's like that in itself is fascinating yeah right like a level of like how important food is for how often it's it's there's pretty much not a profile that doesn't mention food or pizza on it somewhere yeah that's so true well, it is certainly a question and that begs for more data. So mm. hopefully they continue studying this. Shall we move on to our next segment? Yeah. Called Macaroni and Cheese. This is the segment where we take all of the things that we learned from the study and all of the suggestions and we kind of 
blow it up and look at it in the big picture of life. So how does this apply to the general world and how we function in the world as people? Yeah. Um, One thing that I thought like that this reminded me of like a, I don't know, I was thinking big picture is I wonder if like across time that there's been like the shift more towards like having a health conscious lens and if that's kind of changed this for men and they might feel like uh, almost like a food shame similar to how women feel because like we used to feel maybe I think differently about you know men and eating and food but lately everything has really shifted to like being more healthy and being conscious and I don't know I guess I wonder if if men feel that too where they might feel like that self-consciousness of like having additional food or you know, eating more in the, yeah. in the comp- company of other people in general, kind of like that solitude we were talking about before. Yeah, I was going to say, I, d- I definitely feel like I have felt that before um, in, in men that I am eating with that like, I haven't necessarily seen t- too many situations one on one where I think that men are eating way more than I am or than like their male counterparts. And, but I count like counter to that, I have seen men be very deliberate about how much they're choosing to eat for health reasons. Um, so that's actually something that I've seen more than what the study implies right. that I can, you know, notice. Like it's almost like what does it mean to be dominant for a man? And is that is the construct mm-hmm. of being dominant shifting? Because in this study, it's hypothesizing that being dominant might mean to eat more. But we could also look at dominance right. in a sense of like the ability to self-control and be more healthy. And then in that case, it would Right. kind of upend the hypotheses uh, for a different reason. Right, that idea of fitness. Well, and that th- this point makes me think about the thing that I was going to share in Macaroni today was that, like, we can look at all these evolutionary features, right? Like, all of these things that scientists have studied that said, well, this is why men do this, and this is why women do this. And mm-hmm. um, it's, like, all for, like, reproductive, you know, um, the continuation of the human race and blah, 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 blah. But I, I personally think that like, it's really good to know about these things and these evolutionary features are definitely relevant because we experience them. But I think part of being an evolved being, an evolved human means like unshackling yourself from those patterns that are no longer helpful to you. So like in that, in that regard, like is the societal construct of dominance being a high food consuming creature, is that helpful to you in the long run? Because it probably isn't. It probably can lead to like obesity and all of this stuff. So if you... Evolutionary wise, like like it may be. Like if you're thinking, you know, we're cavemen, we just got this gazelle, we have this gazelle, how long is the meat going to be good? I don't know. Do we have salt? We're cavemen. Like we don't know yet. So where you've got to eat as much of the gazelle and then I'm really attracted to the guy that's just like facing the gazelle because he may live like three more days with those fat reserves to protect my children. I am very much so simplifying this gazelle eating consumption, but... But I think that's like a huge part of where what these hypotheses are suggesting. And I think if we had more data that would prove that this, you know, like is a thing in all circumstances, because as we said, we're taking this study with a grain of salt since it definitely has its limitations... If we find out that men do eat more in the company of women because it will help them attract more women, like, to reproduce with, 
then we can take a step back and say, well, is that actually true, one? And is that helpful to you long term? Do you have other things that are actually going to be more attractive to women that will maintain your health as well? Right. So, like, you can start noticing those patterns in yourself when you know that they could potentially exist. It's so... And then you can modify from there. But it's so fascinating to me how, like, we can see these things sometimes. And they don't change even though they're not helpful. And we know that they're there. (laughs) But we just decide not to change them because it's natural. I wonder if, like, evolutionarily, though, if we're even capable of, like... First of all, there's, like, unpacking what we are attracted to and unattractive to unattracted to and understanding that but like you know as society Mm. shifts and certain traits become more or less attractive so like whether that be like the ability to focus or like intelligence level or say it was like musician musicianship or uh like public speaking Mm. like there could be so many different i think traits that we may or may not find uh important in people and that like may or may not be more salient to our functionality in the world as the world evolves but mm-hmm. does our like body and our physiology like respond to what's going on societally or is it more so like kicking back to this like long evolution like genetic piece um yeah. i don't i i think it may be both things coming into play like maybe there's a logic part that pulls yeah. in and maybe there is a genetic part but it yeah. yeah i think it kind of just puts all of that into question yeah, it's fascinating. I was um, reading a book yesterday, <laughs> I'm so smart, um, called Radical Dharma. And it's basically talking about how like Buddhist ideas can influence like social justice movements and your own like radicalization within yourself and like liberation. And one thing he said was like one thing in, that the forward included was a quote that said something to the idea of that like in times of duress we fall we fall onto the like our foundational patterns which I found to be very interesting that like you can be as socially evolved as as you possibly think and can be in charge of so many patterns and like you know you can have a strong hold on your habits and be able to shift and alter things but at the end of the day if you're under duress you can fall back into like the 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 like original thing that you came from like genetically like where you and the societal structures that you were raised in even if you've surpassed that right and I can understand that like which I mean Mm -hmm. that's a whole nother level of we could go a lot of places with like what happens with us and our ability to actively reflect versus like going on what's like this underlying baseline of who we are in moments of distress but Mm -hmm. I think particularly with dating and mate selection like things happen so quickly at least like you know hormonally or whatever's going on there yeah it must be a little bit more difficult to grab a hold of yeah and it's and I think the point of this too is it's all subconscious because we're talking about can you consciously shift versus like subconsciously shift based on what's important to you and not and I don't know if I can do either of them or else I probably wouldn't be on all these dating apps so (laughs) Fair, fair, fair. Well, we did certainly take that macro. Macaroni. Yeah, macaroni and cheese. Lots of cheese in this uh in today's study, which I am not complaining about. And take take it all with a grain of parmesan as well. So with a grain of parmesan. Speaking of, I want to go eat some cheese. So Taylor, you ready to sign off for the day? I am. Thank you so much for listening and we hope you feel free to 
reach out with any comments, questions, suggestions, thoughts, ideas, dreams, hope for the future. Um, we'll take all of those. <laughs> also puns. Wow. We're going to have a full inbox. All right, y'all. We'll see you next week for another episode of Study Buddies. Bye-bye now. Bye. Study Buddies was created by Paula Sanchez Abreu and Taylor Collins. Our graphic design was done by Monica Ray Summers Gonzalez, and our intro song was composed by singer-songwriter Caught In Between. You can follow Study Buddies on Instagram at studybuddies.com and email the show at studybuddiespodcast at gmail.com.